Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Poor, and my guest today is a Republican candidate for mayor in the city of Albany, Alicia Purdy. And Alicia is going to talk about the state of the emergency that was declared by Kathy Sheehan in the city of Albany. So, hi, Alicia. How are you doing? Hi, Cynthia. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. There's so much going on in the city of Albany at any given point in time. Right. So I know that you've done some research on the state of the emergency. So so tell us what you uncovered and and how it relates to what's going on right now. So most people in Albany are aware that Kathy Sheehan instituted a state of emergency to shut down Cafe Hollywood on Lark Street because um, we've been told that this is uh, some sort of hotbed for uh, possibly crime and shootings and violence that are funneling out into the community in the city of Albany. Now, we, I, along with many other people in the city of Albany, foiled the amount of police calls and requests um, to Cafe Hollywood. And in all fairness, it is by, by large um, one of the largest areas in Albany that, that gets a lot of police calls. So I, it's fair to say that. Um, is it worth seizing power of emergency in order to shut it down? No, I don't agree that it is. And I don't think the evidence is there, or in, and at least at this point in time, it has not presented itself clearly enough, it has not been transparent, to show that this wasn't some different type of move. And so the next step became addressing power of um, um, state of emergency in the larger sense, not just shutting down Cafe Hollywood. And so our team has taken a really hard look at the power of emergency across the state, um, what governing parameters are in place for a power of emergency in a city, Um, specifically the city of Albany, and I have only become more concerned about the fact that Kathy Sheen has declared this state of emergency. I'll give you an example on the state level. So Andrew Cuomo does a state, he he issues a state of emergency during COVID, and Mm -hmm. that enabled him to send infected COVID patients into nursing homes and mandate um, that nursing homes take them in, and he committed an atrocity in our state. Thousands, 15,000 is the conservative number of how many grandmas and grandpas and loved ones were struck down in their bed from COVID because the governor um, used a far overreach. So what, what emergency powers do is they really, they set aside the law temporarily, and I tracked Uh, Kathy Sheehan's COVID emergency powers over the last year and a half, and she continually renews them. And um, with the power of a state of emergency she has now, the potential exists um, to disarm citizens that are are, um, legally armed. The potential is there to shut down more businesses. Um, She could institute a mask mandate across the city and then um, shut down businesses that refuse to comply with the mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. Um, Let's take it a step further. That's what is happening in New York City. 
these are major issues in our city. And, and I don't believe for one hot second, say Hollywood is the only reason Kathy Sheehan has declared a state of emergency in Albany, New York. There's an end game here, and I'm gravely concerned, and I will be pushing back and crying out at every opportunity. This is worth a fight. Now, from your from your uh, knowledge, has Kathy Sheehan addressed why she initiated the state of emergency? Well, this is the the idea was to come at crime. To again, Kathy Hollywood, based on the FOIL requests that my team and I have put in, and it's not just me. I know people across the city of Albany who jumped all over this. This is not even a mayoral thing. This is a citizen of Albany issue. And um, even there are some communities that are calling it a racial issue. Kathy Hollywood is owned by black people. It's It's frequented by black people. And the black community wants to know why. Why did you shut down a black owned business? And so, again, there, it has the lion's share of calls from the police, and re, it does. And I think that's a fair thing to say. Um, and that's been the justification. But after eight years of seeing how the Sheen administration operates, um, the, the, the lies, she lied when she said she wasn't going to run for a third term. I mean, that right there, it seems like an innocuous lie, but it's a lie. And when you have a liar, when you have somebody who's willing to lie to people, you, trust is gone. I think she's lying now. I think this is not stopped by Cafe Hollywood. Okay. So have you spoken to businesses on Lock Street? And what is their view of the closing of Cafe Hollywood? Some of the – well, it's it's really divided, I'll be honest with you, because – well, there are some businesses, and I, I'm not going to dig into the weeds with, with demographics at all because it's, it's not really as much of an issue, are happy that it was closed down because they really did feel like it was a threat to their business. And it was a threat, um, you know, there were, like I said, these, these high amounts of police calls, um, are, they were troublesome in the area. So there's that. And I think that's a fair point to make. That, but I think it could be better managed. But anyway, um, but then there are, like I said, there are black and brown communities that are extremely leery on Lark Street that a black-owned business was shut down so quickly. When, when let's, let's play fair here. There have been four, I think, five shootings near the little bodega where, where Sam, a beloved community member, was gunned down, an innocent bystander. Um, there have been more shootings, active shootings and deaths in that area than there have been active shooters and shootings at Cafe Hollywood. So why aren't we coming for those businesses? Why aren't we coming for the bodegas? Why aren't we pinpointing more specifically? There's a larger story here. We have a, a policing infrastructure that's failed under her policies. We have um, an intelligence uh, infrastructure that's failed under her policies. So this is a much bigger animal. But these questions have to be asked, and I, I know I'm not. I know for a fact I'm not the only person asking them. But is she listening? No, of course she's not listening. She's interested in her own endgame. But the black and brown communities are just as concerned. While business owners um, have expressed sort of a relief, I think that Cafe Hollywood um, isn't going to be. If for now, is going to be closed and isn't going to be posing that problem. It. it 
it has come up. I'll just be I'll be fair and say it there. So um, that's that's pretty interesting. So overall, when you talk to people, when you talk to people about the closure of Cafe Hollywood, what do they say? Well, they say essentially what I was what I was just saying to you is that there's there's a major concern. Uh, some people, it's it's really divided down the middle. That some people are filled with relief that that it's been closed because they do think it's a hotbed of of violent calls and activity, and other people are furious that a small business mm-hmm. and a, and a minority owned business has been shut down in the city of Albany. Now, is this the first time that? Kathy Sheehan has declared a state of emergency in the city of Albany? No, no, um, no. In fact, if you track her history of declaring a state of emergency, um, the state of emergencies have been, have been in um, throughout COVID the entire time. And every, every month for the last year and a half, the, the state of emergencies have been renewed. And so when you declare a state of emergency, what happens is there are um, a few very loosely structured parameters where where you might say, I declare a state of emergency um, be, because of COVID, or I declare a state of emergency because of gun violence. Those terms are so broad and so vague that the state of emergency becomes whatever Kathy Sheehan says it is. In fact, that's actually in the language of things that I have read about a state of emergency in Albany. I have read them pertaining to guns, munitions, policing, um, if she declares a state of emergency, it becomes a war on people. And the language is very vague in the state of emergency um, legislation, common council. And it basically says this. It, it, it ends with the idea that whatever the mayor deems necessary in that moment, that is, a, that is the parameters. They are more narrowly defined. I and my team of people with master's degrees and attorneys, we were not able to find it. And that is a huge problem. First of all, I don't think the language is there. Uh, second of all, the fact that, that capable, intelligent people cannot find it is a tra- major transparency issue. And it's, again, one of my major platforms running for mayor is the lack of transparency. Um, and it's not a simple lack of transparency, like, oh, we just forgot to put it up there. This is an intentional and secretive um, subversive controlling of the narrative to keep people guessing and to keep them compliant. And you would have to trust your mayor in a state of emergency. Our current mayor is an untrustworthy and deceptive leader, and that is a problem. So the vague language is, is of grave, grave concern. What, whatever the mayor deems necessary, uh, this is why I stepped up. So the uh... – language that's been used, do you think it's intentional? Do you think it's open-ended so that the mayor can uh, implement anything she wants to with vague language? Well, first of all, yes, that's, that's been a hallmark of the Sheen administration is vague non sequiturs. It happens constantly, no matter, you can read a press release, it's a vague, it's a tone-deaf, vague non-sequitur that's self-aggrandizing. Those, those are like hallmarks of her statements. However, some of this language predates her, and it needs immediate updating. 
This, this is not, she did not create the language that governs a state of emergency. She's just using it to her own advantage in a difficult time, and she's done that multiple times. And so the language, I mean, I looked back decades into state of emergencies. My team, um, there's sort of a boilerplate language in place that does say in terms of war, in terms of riot, et cetera, um, whatever the mayor deems necessary in the state of emergency. So that's not, Kathy Sheehan did not write those words but she has exploited them. And under a better mayor, um, it wasn't as big of a deal. But under, under a terrible failure mayor, that's why I've said Kathy Sheehan's leadership is the true state of emergency in the city of Albany. Now, were you living in Albany back in 2013 when she was first elected? No, I was not. So I've, I've lived in the city of Albany most of my life. However, I was out for a pocket of time. I've mentioned that in the past. So I was not here the year that she was elected. I, uh, I was not when Jerry Jennings stepped down. So when did you move back? What year did you move back? Um, I moved back about five, six years ago. Okay, and 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 in those five or six years, have you seen? You know, you're you're pretty critical of the mayor. So, have you seen a substantial um, downturn in the quality of life in the city of Albany? Absolutely, um, and I'm. I'm going to go back even further than that because I've, I've been in Albany many years except for this little pocket of time. When, when Kathy Sheen came in, in, she was sworn in in January of 2014. When she was sworn in, she gave a speech. And in that speech was some very, um, at the time, it seemed like it was cutting-edge language where she was talking about, um, for example, equity and social justice. And, and I've, I've spoken out about equity and social justice in the past, um, where I believe that civil rights and equality have, are the foundation, are the anchors to um, making sure that we can build upon something for all Americans, and that's where the work can be built. Equity and social justice are shifting sand, and the narrative will drift into whomever in power controls the narrative. And... In 2014, she said that those would be hallmarks of, of her leadership in, in her state of the, her, her initial address. And I, this is what's, what it's led us to. The fact is, whatever her agenda has been in the city of Albany, they've been defined by things where she has caved to social justice pressure and she's, she, she's caved to these pressures or pandered to certain groups over others or whatever these things are. And there's been no solidarity from her. And so when she came in, I think there was hope. There was a sense of hope because Jerry Jennings was, is a much beloved mayor. Every city has its problems, but she came in as the first female mayor. She made history. Um, she had been, you know, the, the treasurer for so long. People knew who she was and, and they generally approved of her job. They thought she could help balance the budget. So I think initially there was a sense of hope actually when she came in. But now you look back and you realize the seeds of destruction were planted in those early days. We just didn't see it because we were hoping 
for a continuation or a betterment of a pretty decent foundation that we had under Jerry Jennings. And she has taken a hard left. Seeds of destruction. That's a pretty powerful statement. What do you mean by that? So one of the things that my dad says a lot, my dad's a a really great leader and, and I've been surrounded by great leaders my entire life. And, And one thing that's a principle for us is that, we have to always be careful. We, we kind of have this saying that says, at the creation of every great thing lie the seeds of its destruction. And I really have seen this in, in the Sheen administration where the potential for greatness was there, but the seeds of its destruction were also there. Like I said, these things that she said very early on were telling, but, but we just didn't see it. And, and now here we are. Our city has been destroyed with, with blight. Um, our, our people are living in fear, indiscriminate shootings, garbage. I mean, I can't tell you how many people text me pictures of just overflowing garbage. And I'm not even, I'm not blaming DGS. They're, they're a backbone of our city. The fact is, as the head goes, so goes the body. And a, in a shabby, shanty town that we've been turned into, is very telling of, of a shabby shanty town perspective in, in the leadership. They, they don't care. And it shows and, and, you know, you can say you care, but I'm an actions speak louder than words person. And I don't buy it. Now you and I have talked about, you know, running on a, on for an office and not running as a Democrat. As you go around and you talk to people, and I think I've asked you this before, are people more inclined to say, we need a change? Okay, you don't have a D after your name, but I'm going to pull the lever for you. Has anybody said that to you? Absolutely. I mean, this is when I realized the tide was going to turn. Um, just yesterday, I stood in front of the governor's mansion and gave an interview to Spectrum News about the sexual assault allegations that the Attorney General Letitia James had said were substantiated. So while I was there, there was a man walking down the street, and we struck up a conversation, told him I was running for mayor. He told me who he is. Um, he's, a, he's a backbone person here in the city of Albany and recently retired so we have this lovely conversation and he says to me about everything transform my my plan to operation transform all of it he has my materials i I give him a pen we have this great conversation so then he says to me through the primary (laughs) and i said i wasn't in a primary and it's that look kind of dawned on him and he said you're you're running as a republican And I said, well, I'm on the Republican line, but I'm running as the people's mayor. And I explained to him what that was. And do you know what he said? We're all all said and done. I'm ready to walk away because I have to go to my next thing. You know what he said to me? He said, do you have any lawn lawn signs with you? I want to put one out on my front lawn. And I I actually had just yesterday for my, my big volunteer event, I had picked up my lawn signs just a few hours before, and I literally had them in my car. I got in my car, pulled out one of my massive lawn signs with a stake and everything, brought it to him, mm-hmm. snapped a picture, and um, you and I have had this conversation where I said one of the most powerful things I've heard in this city on my campaign is this, 
Democrats for Alicia Purdy for mayor. It is a movement. So what's on the horizon for you? You know, you talked about transforming Albany. What other issues will you be addressing from the beginning of August to the end of October? The biggest thing that we're going to be addressing is my very comprehensive plan, Operation Transform, which is an acronym. Every single one of those letters covers the issues that we need to address in the city of Albany and that need transformation. And I'm working with, um, I've got a great team in place that is helping me unfold Operation Transform. We did a major refocusing and readjustment to our strategy. Just, just in the last two weeks, we decided to hit it from another angle, which is actually a more effective angle. So for the next couple of weeks, um, getting Operation Transform out to the public and then starting to expand it and be, making that part of our reach. Because Alicia Purdy for mayor is great, and that's, that's been great, the message of transformation, the people's mayor. That was kind of phase one, and now it's Operation Transform. And, Cynthia, it's a home run. And the, we're putting the infrastructure in place to knock it out of the park, and that is going to be what we bring to the table over the next two months. So you must be uh, attracting people from all political persuasions. Am I right? Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, just in the last few weeks, I've, I had an event with a, an extremely progressive Democrat, um, and the, the first reason they approached me, it became, oh, I don't, I just simply don't like Kathy Sheen, and we need something different, and we need it quick. And there are some people who will vote for any warm body except for Kathy Sheehan. Um, but, and hey, I'll take it. But you know, as the conversations continue, they begin to capture vision for Operation Transform. And, you know, it, it really isn't about a political party, and it isn't about politics and power. And it is so attractive to people and so refreshing that they detach from the party, maybe not in a global sense. Maybe they'll, you know, they'll always vote Democrat for a president or for a congressman. But this is about the city of Albany, and it really extends beyond political party lines. And that's what the people's mayor is all about. It resonates with people in a way that that's where the hope begins with people to say it's a, it's a relief an emotional relief to people to let go of a hard party line and realize you can actually just vote for albany because in albany a republican versus a democrat is is so distantly removed from what a republican versus a democrat will do on the national level it's, it's very mm -hmm. different when you're talking about the city of Albany. And so people who have become ensnared by that letter next to my name or their name, they're able to release it and love their city enough to just be a human being and be part of transformation that they want, we all want to see. I recently placed a call to Jerry Jennings to get his ideas on, on what this election cycle has, uh, has been to him as of right now, he has not returned my call. So do you think ultimately um, Jerry Jennings 
could be supportive of you? I invite Jerry Jennings to be supportive of me, and I would love to have his his support because because first of all, he's a really nostalgically well loved mayor in the city of Albany, and I know that he loves the city of Albany. That's evident, and I am completely confident that I am the sole contender. That's any real threat to Kathy Sheehan if we really want transformation. Now, you know, there, he's got a lot going on in terms of the political games we all play, and I've been learning the steps of that dance the entire way. Um, and and I, I would never want to back him into a corner by making the demand or, or putting emotional pressure on somebody to support me when, when it comes at a cost maybe I don't stand for them. But I will tell you, it would, I would be proud and excited to have the support of somebody like Jerry Jennings and uh, the public support. And I know that he loves Albany. I know that he supports Albany, but they're part of the phase two here is, is getting the people that have been in the shadows living in fear to step forward and be counted with me and be seen with me and be part of the, that's transformative in and of itself. And so I, I've, I've met Jerry Jennings. I've shaken his hand. He knows that I'm running. He knows who I am. Um, I would love a sit down, on a more personal level with him and looking forward to the day when we stand together and say, look what we just did. We're going to transform Albany. You, you just mentioned something very interesting. So we're, we're down to our last couple of minutes and I would like this to be a yes or no answer. You had just said <laughs> that you had just said that Jerry Jennings loves the city of Albany. You love it. I love it. Do you think, yes or no, do you think Kathy Sheehan loves the city of Albany? No. Okay. Okay. Now, I have been neglectful in talk, when I talk to the you and the other candidates running for mayor. Uh, I want to offer an invitation to Kathy Sheehan to come on Focus on Albany. And like I said before, Share her vision of a third term. What can we expect from Kathy Sheehan? Um, I think it'll be interesting if she does talk to me and talk to the people in the city of Albany. So in the last minute, Alicia, for people who want to get involved in your campaign, whether they give a contribution or volunteer, how can they do so? Okay. Thank you for your time Cynthia and you know we have to remember when we talk about loving Albany I I do want to make it clear I'm not in Kathy Sheehan's head I don't know where she is I just know that actions speak louder than words and I know that Albany is not um, the love of her heart which it is for me you can come over to transformalbany.com and when you click there there are links to donate there are links to um, get involved in volunteer there are links for more information operation transform within the next week to two weeks will be completely unfurled on the website. We're working on that now um, to make sure that we've got questions that need to be answered, et cetera, and and getting all that out there. That will be at transformalbany.com. Come find me. Send me an email. I return all my emails. I return all my calls. I love interacting with people, meet and greets, fundraisers. We need it all, Cynthia. We're going to have to band together here to transform Albany, and that's what this is about. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Alicia. And my my invitation my invitation to Kathy, Kathy Sheehan um, 
stands. So you've been listening to Alicia Purdy, uh, Republican candidate for mayor in the city of Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a wonderful day.